Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely and talented wife, Miss Southern Shell. Shell, how are you today? I'm doing great. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's spring break. Almost. Starts starts tomorrow. Starts tomorrow. <laughs> what are your spring spring break plans? Malcolm? I guess I'm breaking out back out the snow clothes, the, the, <laughs> the heavy winter wear. It doesn't feel very springy. It's supposed to the high Saturday is supposed to be like 35. Chance of snow tonight. Oh really? Happen. Yeah. No wonder my mom said, "Is it snowing?" I was like, no, <laughs> crazy lady. <laughs> it, was, it was sunny and sixty degrees yesterday. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but really, we have a chance of snow. Yeah, heck yeah, it, and it is probably going to north of here. It's, I guess it's another cold front pushing through, but it doesn't feel like spring break. Yeah. I always hated that as a kid growing up, and you know, you got all these plans on spring break, what you're going to do, and then the weather just sucks. I do remember one year at spring break we had a it snowed like inches. oh yeah so I, I remember one it was it was probably ninth or tenth grade I'd been working at Sonic that was my first job I, that summer I started working at Sonic and I was like sixteen years old and you know we worked I think I don't know what you can work a kid I think it's like up to thirty two hours or something like they used to back then you know they didn't care child labor laws whatever they let you work <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> but at Sonic you know I'd worked all the fall and the winter. And it got to be spring break, and all my buddies were making plans. And I just had my driver's license. We had some, I mean, we weren't going out of town. My parents weren't going to let me go somewhere. It was like, I don't want to, you know, they'd schedule me for like 60 hours that week. I was getting open to closures all week. I was like, man, I guess everybody's taking off spring. I said, I'm not going to work. I can't work that much. It's against the law for you to work a 16 year old. Yeah, I was protesting. And they said, we're not changing the schedule. If you want a job, you're working it. So that's when I quit my first job. (laughs) (laughs) Spring break. And you know what? It sucked because the weather was crappy. It was raining. We didn't get to go fishing. We didn't get to go nothing. I was like, dang, I should have made that money this week. I quit my job. So so I went to work at Pizza Hut the week later. (laughs) Looking back, do you regret that decision? Uh, No, I mean, it wasn't that big of a decision. I mean, I think minimum wage back then wasn't even four bucks it's like 385 yeah yeah. i was really banking (laughs) but i mean gas wasn't high either though (laughs) like like it is now can you imagine making minimum wage right now and having to pay five dollars a gallon for gas no it's like your whole paycheck yeah Yeah. you'd just be going to work to buy gas (laughs) that would that would suck anyway Uh, on to better and brighter things tyler how are you today man i'm doing fantastic man thanks for asking good good um, you brought us of- a specialty coffee this morning. I'm wired up. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? A uh, Duncan's uh, Shamrock Macchiato. It's it's St. Patrick's Day next week. Yeah, so they, it, it was pretty good. It's a little sweet for my liking on coffee, but a little cold for yeah. my liking. They usually do like around this time of year the Girl Scout cookie flavors. So I think they kind of switched it up this year and did the Shamrock instead. Yeah. So I went there to get my Thin Mint uh, latte, yeah, they and they had the Shamrock Macchiato. I was uh, like, sure, I'll give it a shot. Was there much difference? Uh, nah, it's, <laughs> I, the Thin Mint's a lot more pepperminty, oh, you know. It's yeah. more peppermental. Yeah, and a little more mocha-y, but. Next Saturday, speaking of spring break, we've got our big grand opening anniversary. Yes, we do. It's the one-year anniversary day. And you tell me the weather's going to be good. I've been watching it. It started out, I started watching it two weeks ago. It's like rain, 70%. <laughs> it's going to be cold. But it's, now the weather, it's changed. Who knows a week from now? At yeah. least it's not this Saturday. Yes, it, it, it'll it be nice. 
It'll be beautiful. I'm, what are you the most It'll excited about? George Strait. Oh, oh, yeah. I forgot. He's coming, isn't he? Because <laughs> that, that's considered false advertising. You keep putting this out. I don't know who keeps bringing up George Strait's Yeah, we need a cardboard cut out of George Strait fast. <laughs> I need to put that on my list. You know, I think he did play. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know that much about you know George Strait, but he did play the Houston livestock rodeo i don't did think i don't really? think he played like the barbie the barbie yeah. was last week but he i saw there was ticket get tickets and they were they're super expensive what were they i think they started like 150 bucks or something like that that's kind of the going right these is days is that for a concert yeah. it shows you how long it's been up on the concert ticket <laughs> what you're telling me is we cannot afford george we cannot afford george <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what i'm telling you we can Maybe afford car, car brown cut out play, play the box set. I don't know if that's legal either. Right, some kind of trademark infringement. Uh, um, we do have uh, bull boss coming. They're cooking crawfish. That's what I'm the most excited. Yeah, about. crawfish. <laughs> we have um, world champion rib cook Jay Durbin from Tennessee Mojo coming to cook ribs. Yep. We've got. Um, who else? Dustin well, Rudd. Dustin, Dustin Rudd's, Rudd's coming NBA to cook ribs. ribs. NBA guy. Yeah. Um, NBN. And we've got tri-tips. We're doing steaks. Doing a PK demo with a rib Hot eyes. dogs for the kids. That's your favorite part. And a, and a cake. <laughs> Celebratory <laughs> cake. She was wanting fun. to put sparklers and candles on this cake. And I said, I don't think we could blow those out during COVID times. And That was a good point. You saved me there. Because you're going to have it. <laughs> Decked out, I know. <laughs> What's yeah. you could do like a rolling one of those cakes and have somebody pop out it. What if I pop out the cake <laughs> and you could decorate and have sparklers and stuff on that? <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! Fully <laughs> closed, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not doing, <laughs> we're not doing <laughs> magic mouth. It ain't one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have my I don't have my beach bod that's ready yet. That's not your skill set. Yeah, yeah. That's not my skill set. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I I do have George Strait cut out on my list now. <laughs> George Strait. See if we can make out. that happen. You just need to like put him in one of the windows on the build and have him waving. <laughs> yeah. See, there he is. You do that old carny trick. Come see George Strait. You pay a dollar to go by there, and it's like a tent. You walk in. He's in the window. <laughs> We didn't say it was live. It's just a picture of George Strait. <laughs> you Drake. just said see him. Like, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever pay the dollar at the fair to see behind the curtain? Yeah, like the world's tiniest woman and the or snake, snake man or something it, yeah. like that. Did you? Yeah, it was always horrible. It was like the Ripley's. Have you ever been to one of those Ripley's museums? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they have the oddities. They yeah. always have something we took like Michael that. There. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's all fake. I don't know. The bearded lady, she may have really had that beard. I don't know. <laughs> My mom never would let me pay the dollar. <laughs> Some shady people <laughs> that run that stuff. Though. I don't think I've ever seen a fair like that. Do they still do those? Uh, I, I used know. to. I mean, well, I haven't been to a fair coming up. The Mid South Fair was awesome. I loved it. They always had stuff like that. Yeah, been before my time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they may not. I don't know. Now there's probably like a a fair union, and you got to do yeah. all this. I mean, last time we went, all the concessions was controlled by one group, and you know, you think you're getting all this. The Fairfax sucks now. I want to yeah. go to one of those. Like, there's one in, I think it's The Texas Iowa one's or, supposed to be great. Yeah. There's one of, you ever watch, there's a show that's like, does fair, most amazing fair food yeah. or something like that. I've watched, caught myself watching it before. They have some, it's not around here, but some of that stuff looks awesome. It's not controlled by one group, it doesn't look like. Yeah. Some of my favorite food comes from the fair, so. Yeah. Yeah. Last time I went, I went Chicken to the Delta, what do they call it now? The Delta Fair. 
It's, it might be the Mid-South Fair, but they have it at the Lander Center. And I was like, man, we're going to go. We're going to get Pronto Pups and Corn Dogs and all this. And it's all ran by these, you know, the same people are running every single booth. And mm-hmm. it's, it just, it they just it travel together. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't fair food. It, it wasn't was, local it was like or anything. Food. Yeah. Did they have when? No, you, they were foreign foreigners too. It wasn't like Americans that yeah. had those jobs. It was. I was like, man, what's up with this? They must be doing some kind of work program. Probably cheap labor is what it is. <laughs> it's um, probably the back and behind it. When you were coming up, did they have uh, pig racing at the fair? Yeah, I think they they do they still do. Okay. Uh, they did the last time I went. They had it. Elliot loved it. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> Me too. The coolest thing I saw is they had this donkey. <laughs> Wait a minute! Stop right there. <laughs> and they had a monkey that would ride the donkey, and it would climb up this ladder. And I don't how what do you train? Monkey? It's like one of those little macaws or okay. whatever. You saw those little monkeys, you know. He had on his little outfit. He had a little saddle. And he'd get on the back of this donkey. And this donkey would no joke climb up this ladder, and it was probably two or three stories high. And it had a platform, and they had one like above ground pool. And that jump, that donkey would jump off that platform into that pool with that monkey on his back. <laughs> and it was like, it blew my mind. You know, I was a kid. My papa wow. took me to see it. I was like, this is amazing, man. You know, <laughs> first off, they got that donkey to climb a ladder. Yeah. And jump. And I mean, it wasn't nothing for the monkey. You know, he was just long. <laughs> how they, what they, I guess he just liked the experience. I don't know. <laughs> But it went down. I saw it, and I rode a camel. So that's pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so you can tell I love. I was, I was born to love fairs. Yeah. I love the expo buildings at fairs where you go and you'd see all the inventions of tomorrow and things like that. Mm-hmm. Inventions of tomorrow. <laughs> it was mainly like hot tubs and saunas. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to sell you on. Yeah, it. they're trying to sell massage chairs. Yeah. yeah, it's basically a big sharper image. <laughs> that's yeah. basically what it was. And then we'd also go, like, my mom used to enter the, the try to win the blue ribbon. So they had, like, you could can canned fruits, bake a pie. They yeah, had all this. My, time. my mom's got several blue ribbons she won from can, uh, doing different vegetables and things like that. We entered through 4-H. They entered, Waylon, Waylon actually entered the art contest one time. He'd done, like, this stained glass thing. It was when he was into stained glass. <laughs> I guess I don't know how you get into that. <laughs> he did. Yeah, my wife used to do like fairs uh, with 4-H as well, like yeah. baked yeah. pies, cakes, et cetera. Yeah. So. I built so a birdhouse one time. Did you win, any, did you win a ribbon? Uh, no. That no. was a pretty crappy birdhouse. I waited until <laughs> the last minute. Throwed <laughs> something together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody else like had one that made it look like a cat's head, like the bird would yeah. go in the cat's mouth. I always liked the animal judging, too, because you could walk through the, yeah, we did the that too. stables and you know see all the livestock and see the little shows. Anyway, brisket shepherd's pie. <laughs> Good little segue there, Shell. <laughs> that was the recipe for the week. Uh, everybody getting ready for um, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I wanted to come up with something. Is it an Irish dish? It's Irish-ish. It, so what is it? What so is- so doing research. You know, I've had shepherd's pie. Most of the time, it's at a pub or something. Yeah, it's a, it's really um, it's contributed to a British dish, shepherd's pie. Now in Ireland, they do something very similar, except they call it cottage pie. And it's the the main difference that I could tell is in Ireland, um, they use lamb, and it's basically the same thing. Some kind of they either grind it or chunk it, kind of roast it. It's in a gravy, maybe has some vegetables. A lot of times you'll see it, and it'll have like peas and carrots and stuff yeah. like that in it. Mashed potatoes on top, and you know, so, baked in the oven a little bit to brown them up, and that's it. And I guess and Brit, I don't know where it started first. Who had cottage pie? Who had 
shepherd's pie, but they do it with usually with like a minced meat. And it's like, it's our take on ground beef, you know, oh, chopped okay. up so, fine beef. Okay. They use, so they use beef typically. Yeah. Same kind of deal. But I took all that and said, what would a barbecue guy do? We'd use brisket. And so I you know, got me a flat from Kroger and that cooked it. That's a pretty good looking flat. Man, that was Kroger. a great looking flat. I knew going in, I didn't need a flat that big, but that's just what the size they were. I think that was like 10 pounds. It was a huge yeah, flat. Yeah. And it's not really about, I wasn't trying to cook it to slice like brisket or anything. So I didn't get crazy with trimming it or anything like that. I just wanted to get it cooked and cubed. I wanted to get some smoke on the outside. And at that point, that's really all I needed the smoker for was to get my initial smoke and bark going. And I used the Traeger pellet grill, 250 degrees, had some pecan pellets in it. You could use whatever kind you liked. Season that brisket up with salt and pepper. I used my TX rub. I, it wasn't going for barbecue flavors. I was just going for savoriness, you know. Yeah. And that makes a nice bark on it anyway. To me, that is barbecue flavor. Yeah. It's more of a Texas barbecue. That's right. But yeah, but still, yeah. I mean, it is. It's it's good. I mean, it's not you, you got a smokiness in the meat. You got the salt and pepper for your savoriness, and you can take a load of it because it's such a dense piece of meat. And so we just got some bark built on the outside, got my color right. Have you ever over-seasoned brisket just out of here? Um, I don't think so. I can't. I can't think of a time where I was time. like, man, that, that's too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really can't. I mean, I really don't. I mean, not just the seasoning part, maybe yeah. in the final steps. And the yeah, I can see and getting stuff. it too salty if you did something at the end too much to yeah. it. But usually that initial seasoning, you're not going to do too much. Because a lot of times you're going to wrap it anyway, and that takes a lot of it off, or you know, it just threw out the cook if you baste it or spritz it or it's anything. Just, yeah. So wash some of it off, and, and it's a big piece of. Paper. And yeah, it's still no matter what you do, it's not going to over. I've over flavored it from injecting, putting too much stuff in it. Yeah, but never just the seasoning. But once I got it, the bark built on the outside of it, it was time to go ahead and cube it up. Was I was and, putting this in a shepherd's pie? And when you say you got the bark built up on it, what what was your internal there? Because it I wasn't no tender. Idea. No, it wasn't tender at all. If I had to guess, it's somewhere in that 160 to 170 range, something like that. It's just where it starts, just, you know, getting ready to fat break down. And about how It's going to stall right there anyway. If you keep going with it, it's going to hang out for a while. It took about four, four and a half hours to get that color right. And once you get that done, it's, it's on, ready to break it down. So I took it off the pit and cubed it. Just like I was going to make burn ends with a point, I did it with the flat. And um, basically, you cut it in strips, and then you come back and cut those strips into bite-sized pieces, and it goes in a pan, and you add all your goodness to it to give it the flavor for the filling of the pie. So I did a lot of garlic, like a whole head of garlic, peeled and roughly chopped. Took about a medium-sized yellow onion, kind of chopped it up. I wouldn't worry about dicing it fine or anything. Spread that in there. Put me a thing of portobello, sliced port- baby portobello mushrooms in there. And that's kind of unique. That's not really traditional. Like, the mushrooms in it were killer. They I were really good. The onions and garlic kind of went away. Yeah. You got flavor from them, but you braise them down so much, it just they kind of cooked to nothing. Yeah, they just become but part the of the mushrooms sauce. held up and absorbed a lot of flavor, and it was really, really good. But that was not traditional shepherd no, pie addition. No, not in any way, yeah. yeah. But it's a good idea. And I left out the <laughs> peas and carrots and all that stuff. I didn't. I didn't want that in it. I was going, you know, the way I like to eat it. Yeah. My interpretation. So, once you put the vegetables in there, I threw some thyme sprigs in there just to give it a little herby flavor. Um, added some beef consomme. I needed some liquid. Added a Guinness beer, going with that St. Patrick's Day theme. Added some Worcestershire sauce. 
and that was pretty much it for the wrap. Um, you could have, I could have, what would have really made it ramped up a little bit if I put some red wine or something like that. Yeah. Did use some tomato paste yeah. for um, like to increase, fortify those flavors and you need to get some of that acidity from the tomato paste and it helps, it helps all those drippings tighten up some, add some thickness to it. But basically you just cover it in foil and you're braising at this point. So you could stick it back on the pit. Um, <clears throat> if you're short on time, ramp the temp up. You want to throw it in the oven, put your oven on 300, 350, something like that, throw it in there because you just want to, you're wanting to cook that cubed up brisket flat down to where it's almost melt in your mouth. So <clears throat> if you think about like when you pick a piece up, it should be, you know, to where when you pinch it, it just kind of mashes apart. That's the mouthfeel texture you're going for. And it, those little bites. Oh, they're them delicious. Out, they're really, really, really good. <laughs> They're like better than burn ins. I think I mean, so. Because they had all that good flavor in there from them. They picked up from the vegetables and from the sauce and just all that goodness. So they went, and you don't really have an internal temperature. This is kind of a feel thing. You just got to get them soft because you're cooking it some more in the shepherd's pie, but it's not really going to get it anymore. Yeah, tender it's not really cooking. Yeah. Because yeah. you're basically you're just heating those potatoes up with the cheese. Yeah. You're just but. letting it come together. <clears throat> but. It took, what, about two and a half hours more wrapped, I would say, to finish out. Probably. And hour and a so, half, two hours. Yeah. And so I just kept, after about two hours, I checked it. When I felt that they were about there, I tasted one. Mouthfeel was getting close. I said 30 more minutes and then tried them again. And at that point, some of them were coming apart. And I was like, oh, it's on now. <laughs> That's how you wanted it. <laughs> and so I took all, I transferred, like take the full off the top, let it steam out a few minutes, and then used a slotted spoon and kind of transferred all the the meat to a bowl that left me with my drippings. And now I wanted my shepherd's pie thick. So you had a couple options there. The way I kind of cheated, I don't know if I, I don't know if you say cheated or not. It's probably not the traditional way, but I used a brown gravy packet and water. I think it's like one cup of water to one packet of brown gravy makes about a cup. You made two. I made two of those. Um, you basically mix the water and whisk it together cold and then bring it up in the heat till it comes to a bowl and it thickens itself. And there ain't nothing wrong with that It is brown gravy. gravy. Yeah, yeah, it's instant brown gravy. Well, I fortified all those drippings with that. So I poured those off in there and whisked it up in that gravy. Well, and it thickened it. Then I mixed it back with the meat, and it just made this unbelievable filling for that. So let me ask you this. Why couldn't you just add the gravy to the burn-ins with the sauce? Why'd I, you have to separate I don't know, like, so if I would have just poured the gravy over it and then mixed yeah. it in, yeah. I just think it, it would probably would have separated because you still had a lot of fat. And my thinking was, oh, I'm going to separate the fat, drip, drip yeah. you know, yeah. get the fat yeah. off these drippings. Well, when I started looking at it, and first off, you don't know what those drippings are going to taste like. Because <laughs> yeah. how many times have you cooked a brisket or seen us cook a brisket at a contest where the brisket's good, but the drippings have a different flavor. Yes. They have some flavor They're you don't want. Yeah. You get a bitterness from them. You never know. That's true. And so, and I didn't, and I didn't try the drippings before. I just said I'm going to separate it. Then I'm going to make the call. I'm going to taste those drippings, and if they taste really, really good, or if you, and if or if I need to get the fat off of it, I can. And then once I tasted them, I was like, oh, that's good. (laughs) And so I said, I'm just going to mix it all together. And so, and it, you know, it didn't. There wasn't too much fat where it separated once we got the shepherd's pie. I couldn't tell. Yeah. Even after it got cold, there was no, like, fat on it or anything, so it was perfectly fine. Now, if I would have added a stick of butter to the pan, which I 
you know, normally if I was doing a, a brisket for a contest, I'd probably would have put some butter in there. You probably would have had more fat ratio to it, but it really didn't. It was it was really good. So I think it just let me control like what the great what that gravy sauce was going to be like with the drippings, and I had some choices, but it, it worked out because yeah. this was not like a, something I practiced. This was one of those recipes where it's I like got I idea. got an idea. Trust me. Let's do it. And then so some of it you got to go by feel. You yeah. can't always be, you know, I always say, oh, I like to do a recipe and tweak it and figure out if I need to adjust this with this one. Sometimes just, we don't have the time. Yeah, yeah, I've cooked plenty of briskets, and I was like, well, I'm, you know, I've made a gravy before. Who know, Who doesn't know how to make mashed potatoes? I didn't feel like I had to spend time on the instant gravy, on the mashed potatoes. That stuff was stuff anybody could do. The time was how do you get that brisket to that point where it's a good feeling, a good hearty and give it filling. those flavors, too. And give it those flavors of the smokiness. Because that's something that a traditional shepherd's pie or cottage pie doesn't have. That's true. Um, the cubes of brisket came out as good as any burn-in oh, that yeah. I've ever had. And it was all flat. It wasn't even point. I know. It was all flat, but it yeah. was just melting your mouth. It was really, really good. It was really good. So and then you that, mixed it with the gravy. Yeah. And so at that point, you had the dish that was ready to go right then. <laughs> I mean, it yeah, was, it was so good. You could have ate that right then. But I put it in the iron skillet, and we took just Yukon gold potatoes, boiled them, mashed them up, added some butter, added some sour cream, seasoned them a little bit. That's all it was to it, mashed yeah, potatoes. Yeah, just a little cream, like yeah, heavy whipping little cream. little heavy whipping cream, place but some milk. Touch, yeah. Yeah. But just make some mashed potatoes. And I thought you about this. If you wanted to, you could use instant potatoes. You could have bought mashed potatoes from like a chicken joint if you'd have wanted to. <laughs> you could have bought the, you know, the, what's the ones, Bob Evans, the little tray mm-hmm. of mashed potatoes. Would work. You know, heat them up in the microwave or those however it says cook them. If you say Me so. and Michael like that. <laughs> it's quick mashed potatoes. The point is, the mashed potato is not the star of the show there. So we're going to jazz those up anyway. So you put your meat filling in the pan or skillet, like I used. You could use a casserole dish. Cover it in mashed potatoes. You want a nice layer. And then add, so here we, I kept the Irish theme. I bought at our Kroger, we had an aged Irish white cheddar cheese. It was just coming a block. Shredded that up on a box grater. Uh, added some grated parm to it because that parm helps the potatoes start to brown. And sprinkled that all over the top and put it back in the pit. At that point, I wanted to raise the temp up. So I wanted to melt my cheese and get it to brown on top. And it took. On the on the Traeger, it takes longer than it probably would in the oven to brown up. Yeah. I would say 20 took, minutes maybe. I, 20 minutes in the oven? No, no. It only takes about 10, 15 in the oven. Okay. I'd give yourself 20 to 30 in the, in the Traeger. You're not, you're not overcooking anything at that point. You're just really trying to get the top to look like Because you got to think your filling's already cooked. It's hot and warm and bubbly. Your potatoes are warm and nice. And you're just melting cheese. Just melting cheese. And, yeah, you're going to all get happy. And at that point, you're ready to serve, and you talk about a hearty dish. <laughs> you can't eat Man. much of it. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you time you get you two big spoons on a plate, that's a that's a meal. <laughs> it's a stick to your ribs type meal. It's going to fill you up. You're not going to need dinner. And you that get night. a get a good col- you know a good glass of Guinness to go with it. That's you're ready. <laughs> you eat that before you go out on St. Patrick's Day. Well, you probably need it the next morning for lunch. Yeah, I, I think it's more that. <laughs> the next day. But, so the recipe I did really was, a, we made enough to make two. I knew it would because I had a, I could have cut that flat in half and just used enough. You need, you, I would say you need at least a four-pound piece of meat to start. 
to get it to cook down and be enough to make a, a you know, like a family size serving, like that yeah. big iron skillet. Yeah. What size was that iron skillet? The 12 inch. 12 inch. But if you did it in a casserole dish or a metal pan, you would want that size, like a, yeah. at least four pounds. Uh, but I, the one I was 10, so I was like, this is going to make more. We're just going to have some extra. And so I threw together another one. And I, you know, that's why I said you could share this. It's a perfect thing um, to throw in a aluminum pan. Make Go ahead two. and have your potatoes to go over it. Top it with your cheese. Put foil over it. You can give it to them then with the directions to throw it in the oven at 350 until it's warm and then brown the top. Or you could freeze it. It would freeze really well. And then you have something, you know, you have another dinner sometime. Yeah. So that's really a great It's a great thing to do with leftover brisket, too, if you ever have enough leftover brisket to make a shepherd's pie with it. But mm-hmm. I was thinking some options like so. Ultimately, point would have been the best, you know. Yeah. But I can't. I don't have a source just to get brisket point. So, and I was like, I don't need a whole brisket. That's why I chose the flat. But also, uh, chuck roast. That's what I was going to ask you. That would be no. You don't. Chuck roast would be great there. You know how we do the poor man's burn ins. Mm -hmm. You're doing the exact same thing. You get some color on the outside of a chuck roast. You cube it up. Give it that same treatment, and it's going to make just as good as filling for a shepherd's pie. You don't have to use the flat. Yeah. And it may be even better. Because the, the, it's be better. The chuck roast has a lot of good internal fat in it, a lot like point. It's closer to point meat than it would be flat meat yeah. you know, for brisket, just the muscle groups. But brisket fat has a whole different taste to me. It's yeah, better it fat. does. I think so, yeah. too. Like the point from the flat, the fatty side. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, if you if you got if you got a flat like if you're doing contest and you're not cooking your burn in your point for burn ins, you throw them in the freezer, you know, break them dudes out, make you a shepherd's pie. <laughs> so um, you could even do them as far as smoke the the meat first and go ahead and cube it and then freeze it cubed and then break it out, braise it down, make your filling from there. Yeah, you got to yeah. you know you want to you know put some in the freezer where it's an easier go to. Yeah, or you could stretch because that's it out the longest her. point really is the. To me, getting the smoke on it, getting it right, the breakdown part's really easy. It doesn't take near as long. You could do, you know, the cooking the brisket or or the chuck roast or whatever on a Saturday and yeah, save it and Make put it all together pie. on a Wednesday. Yeah, you know, that's right. Or Thursday for St. Patrick's Day yeah. this week. <laughs> that was the point of that recipe, though, to have something different to cook for St. Patrick's Day. If anybody's looking for ideas. Um, so, you know, you were talking about cutting up the brisket into cubes. Is it a burn-in? Uh, no. I mean, in a traditional sense, it's not. What it's, makes a burn-in? Brisket in a, bites. That's just a I mean, for, you know, from a barbecue bite. standpoint or what, what's burn-ins now to people typically is the point that's been cubed up. Now, Why does that make it a burn-in? I, I, I think... It just kind of got turned into that from yeah. KCBS barbecue, and from the lack of so so burnt ends originally were the burnt edges of brisket that the part that would crumble off or that they would usually you know like you've cooked this brisket right if I try to get my slice big enough it's going to crumble and fall off so what pitmasters would do when they'd pull their brisket out to slice it they would take those edges and go ahead and square them up. And you had this pile of meat that you really didn't sell as quality brisket. And they would like, while people were waiting in line or you just wanted to give somebody a sample or something, you would give them some of these edges. And they've got to be known as burnt ends or burnt edges. Yeah. 
and they became, and so then you could get your good slices out of them. You know, you could still slice your flat and you could slice some of the fatty point, but you had the edges and you were using those to give away. When people started wanting to buy them as they gained popularity, pit masters had to say, well, how are we going to make these? You know, it's not just, yeah, because you don't have enough just the edges. So they started cubing up the point. And then it got to be in barbecue contests when they're doing cooking brisket category that you put slices in and you'd put some burnt ends in there, which was just the point that had been cubed up, retossed in a little broth and sauce and cooked down to where it's, you know, super bite through texture. Same thing I was going through with the flat. Yeah. And I imagine there's probably some restaurants out there that even take flats and cube them like I did for burnt ends. It's not really a burnt end. I guess yeah. it's just But I could see how you could bite, pass it off. But as, you could pass it off as it yeah. easy. The flat has a little texture and is leaner. It doesn't have as much yeah. marbled fat like the point does. So I think a brisket point burn end is way better than a flat burn end. But the you know the little chunks of tenderness when you cook them down, it's you know. I don't know those that came out of that um, that pan. Yeah. That you had uh, making this brisket shepherd's pie, they were excellent. They're melting your mouth. I they mean, it was were. the texture of them was perfect. And they didn't have that barbecue flavor. Yeah, no. They had more of a savory flavor, but. Yep. It reminded you of a pot roast kind of, you know, that a fancier pot roast with the flavors it had going on. Almost like a short rib maybe. Yeah, kind of, kind of. And you could do, you know, short rib, shepherd's pie. You could use any kind of beef that you braise down like that. Could you use a lamb? Yeah, yeah. There's no reason why you couldn't. You could use ground beef in it. You know, you mix your ground beef and then make your... You don't, you're not braising it. You're not making all those flavors. Would you just like? I don't know if it'd it. be as good. I don't you know? think it would be. I've only had shepherd pie at a restaurant a few times. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's always like a thick gravy with meat. And usually it's not braised down delicious meat. It's just, you know, <laughs> some quick and easy dish like yeah. casserole. They're you probably know? using a chuck roast, don't you think? Uh, ground beef. Oh, they're using ground a lot beef? Of times, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the shoulder. The show, was that Tyler? I was just gonna say, do y'all think it's possible to use like leftover brisket to do that dish? Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. He no reason that. why you couldn't. Oh, he did. Yeah. I'm sorry, I must have missed <laughs> it. <laughs> you were over there thinking about how good that shepherd's pie was. I was. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you could definitely use that. De- you could use even use pieces of slices. Uh, you know, if you had leftover slices, just kind of you know chunk them up because you're really just wanting that meat to break down and be tender. So it's. I was thinking like. Another take on it would be make a big old baker potato and bust it open and stu- you know and then serve that yes. filling over it. So it's not really a shepherd's pie. I like that better. But it's that you know, and you get the white cheddar cheese too. And cover the top of it it's like a reverse. Gravy. Yeah, it's like a reverse style, and that would make a really really cool dish. Oh, you know? I like that. Because I've had you've had a, like a barbecue baked potato. We've done those, and you've seen and they're yeah, really yeah. really good. Yeah, and I've seen Bernie in served over it, but I've never seen it like you. You make that same kind of filling for the shepherd's pie, and you cover it with cheese. And, shepherd's yeah. pie potato. Yeah, it'd be really good. Really good. <laughs> I like that even better. That sounds. But you could serve good. that filling over rice if you wanted to. You could serve it. Heck, you could yeah. serve it over noodles, if you, and it'd be good. <laughs> You could, yeah, do anything with it. It's really good. Um, so this past weekend, I think, you won, or Killer Hogs won 20th, I think it was 19th place, actually. 19th place, MBN, Rib Tino, Rib of, the year. of the year. You didn't even know that, did you? You didn't know, you didn't know it either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was a little odd because I only cooked one contest. <laughs> Turns out if, <laughs> if you cook one, that's all you... 
That's all you it did took. Really good you got to do really good in that of. one. Heck yeah. So do they? You finaled and got a fiddle with it. No, it's just you get so many points by finish. Okay. And there must not have you know there must not have been as many teams <laughs> getting points like yeah. that. I mean, you do have a drop off. You've got your teams that are running for points and they cook. You know, multiple. I'm sure, like the difference when you got into the top ten, they probably had hundreds of points. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But when it tails out to uh, twenty, there might have been. You know, I don't know. I don't know how many teams competed in the NBN. I know there was thirty something rib teams when we did that one event. And I yeah. imagine they had that in most of them because ribs is usually the most participated category. But I was happy to get it. It was a cool trophy. <laughs> it was a nice trophy. We should have brought it in here and set it here on the table. Oh, uh, we're gonna. But put we've it. got it at the shop. They so what happened? The NBN had their. Uh, annual like awards or members banquet last weekend and um dustin rudd who's going to be here he was i think he was second place rib team of the year last year and he sent uh, he sent mikey a text it's like man y'all got a trophy and i like, say what no we didn't and he's like, i'll get it for you so he brought it i think he brought it by the shop one day this week and mikey sent me a picture of it and i was like dang that's cool he <laughs> didn't even know it <laughs> didn't even know it but that was a uh, you know Glad to get it. I'll probably cook a couple more MBNs this year. I know I got to tune up for Memphis and May. Um, MBNs are fun. Like they that. are because we we went to Galax. Yes, that Galax was the only. Virginia. I think that was the only one we cooked, wasn't it? I can't think of another one that we cooked. Yeah. I mean, we cooked Memphis and May. Yeah, because I but that don't that's not doesn't count. I don't think we They're did. Two sanctions. We didn't cook many last year because of COVID, so it was, you know, weird year. And we had open this place <laughs> that's right <laughs> um i read an interesting uh magazine article it was actually what the magazine it was the wall street journal they did a piece on how texas restaurants are dealing with the high cost of meat right now man everybody is it's bad because it's hurting restaurants it's doubled um, is what they're saying in know, the past year and it's hard you know it's so hard for barbecue restaurants to go up on their prices I mean, you know, you got to think they're selling meat by the pound. And if all of a sudden you're getting brisket at, you're used to getting it at three or four dollars a pound and then it's cost you nine, ten dollars a pound, well, that price is hard to pass on. How are you going to sell a pound of brisket? You know, you're worth 16, 17 dollars and now you got to get it 27, 30, you know, 27, 28 dollars a pound. That's just, I mean, the average person, you might spend that for a fancy steak or something, but you know, you're going, you, know, you can see it, but you're not going to do that for a pound of barbecue. Yeah. Meat. People don't associate with barbecue as being that, you know, a, high cost, high, a, a higher cost, price, yeah. high cost item, and it, and it is. It's become that way. Yeah, yeah. because you got to think, so you're not selling a whole bunch of different side dishes and things like that. You may have some sides that go with it, but meat is where you make your money in a barbecue restaurant. And when those costs go up, that's a direct hit. You know, you've got to raise your prices or you won't sustain. And I can't imagine what um, what a lot of those restaurant owners are going through right now. And we're going to see a lot of them fall off and they have to close their doors. And hope, I mean, hopefully they can, you know, come back with prices go back, but you don't know. It's a tough time. Um, in the article, they said in Houston, um, one restaurant's having to charge $30 for a pound of brisket. Wow. And last year they were, oh, about a year and a half ago, they were charging $20 a pound. Yeah, I knew. And they said they're not making really a profit on that. Yeah, see, so, you know, that's crazy because, well, yeah, you can think of the $30 time. $30 a pound. Yeah. You don't associate with brisket being a $30 a pound type meat. But I mean, but hey, I mean, if that's what it's costing to get it, I mean, yeah. you're spending, yeah. I mean, right now to get a decent brisket, 75, 80 bucks. I mean, there's, you know, 
And I don't see it going down anytime soon. You look at the price of fuel and everything else, everything's got to go up because of it. That's scary times. Have you seen We'll have to learn all to cook bologna. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't nothing wrong with bologna. Ain't nothing wrong with bologna. (laughs) I say sharpen those shooting skills and get out in them woods. It says the current surge in prices is due to labor shortages in meat production plants, rising feed costs caused by drought, and pandemic-related supply chain issues. It's like that. It's just like a triple whammy. Yeah, yeah. When you see all the – one thing don't break you, but when you get all these – Conditions that aren't supposed to happen happening at the same time, it's, it's got to bend somewhere. I know that's a bad thing. Is a lot of my friends and stuff that have restaurants, it's, they're struggling. You know? Yeah. It's, um, I thought this was interesting. So they in, uh, interviewed uh, a guy who owns the Riverport Barbecue, and he said that he has started to trim his briskets less and also um, cook them in aluminum foil instead of butcher paper. So they don't have as much loss yep. trying he to says, keep the loss down. The quote was, I don't think it makes as good of a brisket, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I agree. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm glad that I'm not in the restaurant business yeah. right now. I mean, it's tough enough being in a business where you ship a lot and you're seeing the direct fuel hits and what it's doing to shipping costs. I mean – we're seeing some outrageous prices to ship rubbing sauce right now. I mean, it's like, man, how is it worth it to, in some instances, you know? But And most of that's like truckload type stuff. You're not seeing it in like individual packages as much. But in your truckload prices, diesel fuel has just gone crazy, and it's making the logistics industry. I mean, they're having to adjust, and it's, so it's going to be a you know, rude awakening for us for the next few months. Yeah, I just hope those prices go back down. Wasn't there a strike recently, actually? Uh, yeah, the I mean, they've had a lot of stuff going on. I think that was the Canadian trucker started that. <laughs> was, yeah. I mean, it was a lot of different COVID. I mean, we've had, we've dealt with that. And just when you think you're coming out of COVID, you've got this whole, you know, Eastern European <laughs> thing going on. And I like to get into politics and all that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, we need to change the subject but, all of a sudden. But it, it's very, I mean, it's concerning. And people need to be aware of it, you know. Yeah. Know what's going can't on and what's about coming. That $30 brisket. Hey, no, I mean, you know, you see, I don't, I don't know about y'all, but when I open my Facebook up, I mean, every other post is about what somebody's paying for fuel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy right now. I've seen our price. I mean, I at Kroger the other day where I usually try to get diesel, it's $5 a gallon to put diesel in my truck. And it makes me think about where I'm going. So what's that going to do to barbecue? <laughs> I mean, for real. Yeah. You know, keeping those speeds down, trying not to go unless you have to. And, you know, especially if you got a vehicle that burns, you know, a lot of gas or a lot of diesel. <laughs> so, I mean, what's it going to do to barbecue contest this year? Are people going to travel? Is it going to, you know, yeah, you're just going to depend on your locals? I mean, because they're traveling far. A lot of them. Yeah. Big, There's a big trailer. SCA. The SCA, uh, what do they call it? The World Championship is in Fort Worth this weekend. People come from all over to that. But I'm, it's I mean, in this weekend? Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Starts tomorrow. Really? They yep. used to do it in October. Yeah. Did they move it? I guess yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, good luck to out everybody there. out there. Yeah, that's right. All our friends competing out there. Good luck. So let's change the subject to something good. What you got good? Have you ever heard of a brisket Sunday? Speaking of brisket. Yeah, uh, well, barbecue Sunday. Yeah, is it's the same like a barbecue thing? Sunday. Yeah, just with brisket? And not S-U-N-D-A-Y. Yeah. So is it like... S-U-N-D-A-E. Would it be like using the filling for that shepherd's pie? I mean, I guess you... Or do you want more like... The one that I particularly saw, it was sold in a restaurant. They do a layer of mac and cheese... Cream corn, baked beans, <laughs> cajita cheese, 
smoked brisket. Then they have some type of house sauce and crema. Yeah, so I get down on that. A Mexican flavor. Yeah, too. yeah, I would say so. I've done it. So the pull I, in the first place I probably ever had it was up at Seventeenth Street. But it wasn't brisket. It was just no, it was a pulled barbecue. pork. Yeah, yeah. it's pulled pork. So it was more traditional, coleslaw, baked beans, pulled pork, sauce drizzled over it. You know, and it was delicious. I thought it was great. <laughs> really did. And I think it was like beans on bottom, meat on top of the beans, slaw on top of the meat. That would make sense. Drizzled yeah. sauce and did it in a mason jar. And we've so, since I've had that, I come back home and said, chill, we got, you got to try this. And it's got all the good things in one yeah. container. And if you're one of those people that don't like your food to touch, you know, you don't, so you wouldn't <laughs> like it. You're not going to like it. But I mean, I think it all goes together. It's yeah. like a barbecue sandwich, no bread, basically. Yeah. Add beans. So you're telling me it's healthy. Heck yeah, it's healthy. <laughs> yeah, it's healthy. But it's good, and you could do it. I mean, it's it's a, you know, it looks fancy when you serve it to people. So I've seen people, since then, I've seen people do it at weddings, like for catering. Yeah. They'll have it all set up in the little Sunday dishes, or, you know, you can do it in plastic cups if you're trying to keep it country. <laughs> 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 Low cost, but... You've but, been uh, wanting to do a recipe on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it ain't really a recipe. It's just beans, filled meat, and coleslaw. <laughs> How would you build it? Would That's you do like, it that yeah, very traditional? Yeah. But I mean, I never thought about like the mac and cheese and the I think mac corn and element to it. it. Mac and cheese and yeah, it, I don't see why it wouldn't. The mac and cheese and the brisket makes sense too. Yeah, that would look good on TikTok. A, yeah, yeah. I have to do that one. I do like. How uh, coleslaw and baked beans taste together. Yeah, I will mix really those good. two together. And the meat goes with that. I mean, does. Who doesn't put the barbecue meat in their beans? So and it, it goes, it goes. <laughs> that that just works with with pork. The brisket one. I don't really try. eat coleslaw with my brisket. Yeah, but you could substitute potato salad because potato salad and brisket would be good. They didn't do coleslaw. There's. I know that's that. what I'm saying. That's if I was doing it my way. Yeah, but I don't know. So they did beans. What kind of beans did it say they did? Baked beans. So it's mashed, mac, mac and, and cheese, cheese, baked beans. Cream corn. I don't beans. like corn in my mac and cheese either. Though. That's weird. <laughs> okay, I'd probably leave out the corn. corn. Yeah. So mac and cheese, baked beans. Yeah. I could, that goes together. Yeah. And then you got cajita, brisket, a little sauce and crema. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know if I'm feeling the baked beans. I feel yeah. like on that one, because it almost feels Mexican-inspired, like black beans would be really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Maybe so. I could see a gringo Sunday. <laughs> but see, you could add the corn at the end, but I would say the corn would need to go on top with the cotilla cheese. And a cold and, corn. Yeah. Instead of like Almost a, like a, a corn salad. Corn. Yeah. You know how you do the corn salad? Yeah, I probably wouldn't do cream corn. It'd be like whole kernel Mexican-style street corn. You know, yeah, street corn salad. Over the top of it. Oh. But I would put the meat over the mac and cheese. Yeah, I wouldn't want like you know. So these would be mac and cheese, the meat. What uh, brisket? Brisket sounds okay. great on it, <laughs> and then the corn, or the, cold, the beans, yeah. and then the corn, and it's like a layered dish. Yeah, and so, then a sauce. Yeah, are you doing this individually? Because I'm when well, I'm thinking it, I'm thinking of what do you call those things you build like a seven layer salad type deal? Yeah, but it's in that terrine thing. You know, it's real big. It'd be like a family serving size, almost like the Which cornbread salad. Called? You know what I'm talking about? Not a parfait, but I don't know what a they're trifle? called. Yeah, trifle? Yeah, it's a trifle yes. dish. That was Ireland. A trifle dish. Yes. So you could build that really good. I mean, it'd be really good. Because I've seen the mac and cheese with burnt ends. Have you seen people do that? Yeah. And, and to that me, goes. those two things go. Yeah, those go. 
You're just adding on top of that. So if you maybe you put your beans on next, and then your corn, and then your that's it. I don't know. I'm gonna try it. You got me interested <laughs> now. Thinking about it. Could you make like a, a barbecue Sunday bar where you get a cup? And I don't you see why you do couldn't. it yourself. Yeah, you could. If you're wanting to feed a crowd, I guess. Yeah, something like that. So what's going to happen there is everybody's going to eat your brisket and your mac and cheese. Yeah. They're not going to mess with the beans, the corn, or whatever. Because, I mean, how many people, like, I bet if you watch, nobody would put the beans on it. <laughs> so they might do the mac the mac and cheese, the meat, and then maybe the corn. But yeah. I think you're just, yeah, I think you're better assembling that one if you're going to do it for a crowd. That's true. I think everybody would just want to know where the plates, they're like, where are the plates? Yeah. They say cups. <laughs> yeah, because everybody's in cups. We don't put this stuff in red solo cups. <laughs> But if you had it already assembled for them and they could get it, yeah. it's a different dish there. Um, I do have a question. I trying. Have you ever opened a bag of pellets with your teeth? <laughs> have you ever opened a bag of pellets with your I teeth? I don't know. <laughs> when I don't you're know, out there? No, no. <laughs> did you? Have, are you asking this because you've done it? That, <laughs> I didn't have a knife. I didn't have anything. I just, just tear it with your finger. I, I, I tried. I usually take two fingers yeah. and just you tear, tear a hole. So you didn't. You didn't want to tear your. I know what happened here, folks. <laughs> I know you didn't want to break a nail. It's like I'm gonna I, put the. I already, I'm, broke I already one. don't want to put these pellets in there. It's like, why is Malcolm not out here doing this? I'm out here to grill. Let's get this. I pellet. couldn't get a good hole. Was this when you were cooking wings the other night? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so instead of breaking nails, it's just like I don't care if I crack a tooth. <laughs> arr, arr, arr. Just bit that back of pellets. No, it's just like just a little n- enough to get your finger in there to rip it. I was thinking people do stuff like that. I, was people open beer I can't be the like only that. one. Do you open beer bottles like that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I had to, I would. <laughs> I'm More getting in there some ball. way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good question. I have never opened a pack of pellets with my teeth. I mean, I'm not talking about I got tender teeth. Though. I've, been, I've spent too much money working on these things. You know? <laughs> I had to have some work done to get, to get back to a full set. I ain't, I ain't risking that. I've heard about my dentist experiences. I'm not trying to do anything. You're not a very anything. good dentist patient yet. No, I had to go last week get my cleaning. So here's a fun fact about teeth and beer bottles. So we, I hired a bartender when I worked uh, at the local barbecue restaurant, and she did great in the interview. Everything was great. So she started on her first day, and I had a customer complain that she was opening bottles with her teeth. And I was like, what? No. So the, and I didn't want to like just did approach. You? So I waited until I saw her do it again, and I was like, did you watch her do it? Yeah. It's like, we can't be doing that now. <laughs> Man, where's it? Did you hire this person? <laughs> yes. Well, I, I didn't. I guess now I know in future reference, if I'm going to hire a bartender, I should ask how yeah, they open how their beer open bottles. Your... If I was at a bar <laughs> and a old gal breaks me a beer, before she sets it down, she sticks it in her mouth and opens Do they like spit the bottle can too? I feel like, hold on. Exactly. Wait a minute. I need your number. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what I'm thinking. <laughs> Look, I may need to leave this establishment. <laughs> Is this protocol? <laughs> I would have a problem with that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want them doing no forearm. I don't want some chick doing no forearm on my beer. On that. <laughs> I, I didn't know, know that people actually did that. I always thought that was a joke. Nope. So th- it yeah. must, it's, it's just oh. like a trained. Practice I'm just thing. guessing she may have been a little rough around the edges. <laughs> I don't know. It's just speculation. She looked pretty normal. I w- yeah. Like, I could see that being a thing in, like, New Orleans or something like that, where that would be, like, a novelty for some people to go to a bar like that, but just not in Little oh, Town, no. Hernando, Mississippi. I don't know. 
I, I mean, I, I believe there's probably one down there that's got a bottle opener in her mouth. And they, <laughs> I, I think I may have seen that. Maybe she's a different kind of bar. But. Maybe she got a fake tooth. <laughs> she got a, got a fake tooth opener on it. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't either. But <laughs> so now I don't feel bad at all. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I guess. Bag of pellets ain't nothing. Yeah. <laughs> There was probably a knife laying right there on the No, I look. Uh, I really look. Says there's nothing. <laughs> Any kind of sharp object. <laughs> Just first instinct. It was the I'm question. Bite it. I'm a bite. It. <laughs> <laughs> it was the question of am I going to walk inside and get this knife? Or am I going to bite it? <laughs> it's like, <I'm> bite it. <laughs> My laziness, whatever. Yeah, okay. Hey. <laughs> I think y'all are lying to me. I've all done it. I may. I, I, probably, I know I've been like a pack of ketchup or something like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, trying to get it going. May have had some old fry grease on the hands and ain't working right. <laughs> Need that ketchup fix. <laughs> I look at ketchup packages differently since COVID. You know. Oh yeah, but it's fine to bite that bag of. <laughs> you don't know where some pellets been. Think, think about that. Like, <laughs> that person at the drive-through may have touched that ketchup now, but. These pellets seem perfectly okay. <laughs> no one rats been climbing all over my warehouse. No, they have not. <laughs> oh god. Oh, you might need to go get this. <laughs> <laughs> have you felt okay since the show? <laughs> Just a little cranky. Somebody in the comments. Cranky. Somebody in the comments is gonna make you feel better. Yeah. It's gonna happen. They do it. Also, I had one other thing to talk to you about today. All right. Have you seen the smoked log of sausage that's been going around like a, a sausage fatty? Michael Scott does them oh, a lot I of mean, times, yeah. too. I, it's I've basically it. just... It's just breakfast sausage seasoned with some barbecue rub and smoked on a smoker. That's it. And glazed with sauce, yeah. There, you know, at, at the Royal, there's a category for sausage. That's everybody... I mean, that's been a... You know, that's... Yeah. They're good. Now, they... People... I've seen them take them to extremes where you stuff them and bacon weave them. And You've done that before. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I love it. Yeah. You don't think about it. You don't have to, like, smoke breakfast. You can just go buy, like, Jimmy Dean from the grocery store. Carefully take it out of the little cylinder it's in, you know? Yeah. Keep it shape and then season it and then put it just right on a – I like to set it on, like, a little half rack. Like, I call them chicken, chicken racks. And season it with rub and put it on there and smoke it. But it is really, really good. You just got to make sure you take that to at least 165 because it's ground meat. But you don't, I mean, it's not, it's simple to do. And like, so the way you talk about Michael Scott does, he come out here and did one morning for us when we were doing, was that the last Winterfest? I think it's Winterfest, yeah. yeah. But he glazes them up, takes them back inside, cuts them, puts a piece of cheese on it, puts it back, lets that melt. And serves it on a Hawaiian roll, so you've got this little like sausage fatty slider with cheese on it, and you talk about excellent. It's it is really, really good. good. I think he put some sort of jelly, maybe. In he may have pepper jelly on top or something jelly, like that yeah, before he puts yeah. the cheese on it. Yeah, yeah. or maybe it was. It was he used the the sauce he glazed it with was, was really good. It's that uh, Blues Hog uh, ra- the Chipotle raspberry. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really good sauce for that. You've used that on. Um, Several things, but I've used it in some recipes too. Used it on a ham. Yeah, gla- used it ham for glazing yeah. a ham. Yeah. Well, um, that's a good St. Patrick's. I want you to do that too. recipe. That looks really good. Which one? The smoked sausage. Log. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
or maybe I do it this weekend. There you go for breakfast. Well, I mean, it's really it's hard to do it for breakfast. It's kind you of a get brunch. Up so early. Yeah, it's a brunchy thing. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, it's they're really. Brunch. I mean, to me, it, it's a since you got sausage. You know, it's a breakfast thing. Yeah, it's good. It's like a little. You can like what he does. He makes little baby. You can do a fried eggs or with a little biscuit. It's a different take on sausage. Like it's not traditional. It's taking breakfast sausage and making it non traditional. Putting a barbecue twist on it. Yeah, yeah. Adding a little more flavor to it. I guess you could take them then after you slice them. And if you wanted it seared, just hit it in an iron skillet real quick and sear that you know, inner side of it. a little crunch on the outside. A little crunch, yeah. That would be good. Well, what do you have coming <clears throat> up? What recipes um, do you have coming up? We this past yesterday. week, we did. it was a TikTok week. So we did um, one that really surprised me. And... I guess it's started out healthy, or, or, <laughs> or if you're a keto person, like it started out breadless. I did a chicken crusted pizza. I called it a cheesy chicken barbecue bacon pizza <clears throat> with no bread. This was all chicken crust. So I took, like, I bought a package of boneless, skinless breast and a package of boneless, skinless thighs. We looked for ground chicken, we couldn't find any. Yeah. Yeah. And so we ground it and made our own. And then you just take them, season them up, make form it into a pizza crust, and then cook that. And we'll probably go into all this after we release those. Yeah. It might be a minute before that one gets released. But, man, it made a really, really good pizza. You used your like, new white sauce as, as the sauce. As the sauce. That's right. And it's coming soon. Hopefully bottled up and shipping this week. I don't know. But yeah. Maybe it'll, it ought to be hitting soon. Took a while on that one. Working with mayo is tricky. <laughs> then what did I use mayo for this week, Tyler? It was a... Uh, Oh, I did like a, would you call it a Mexican version of a spinach artichoke? It's kind of what it was. Yep. It's a Mexican version of a spinach artichoke dip. I added green chilies, like diced green chilies to it. I did Monterey Jack cheese, did some grande gringo. When it got done, topped it off with cilantro and some tapatio hot sauce. It was a great and idea because that was if you the like best spinach artichoke yeah. dip I've had in a while. If you like spinach and artichoke dip like you get. It's on a lot of bars, uh, appetizer menus. You know, it's that's a pretty basic kind menu. Of a this staple. kicks it up a little bit, and it takes the taste totally different. You wouldn't think. I mean, I didn't do a whole lot different to it, just the seasonings and the hot sauce and the cilantro and the green chilies. But it made it a totally different dish. I agree. It's very, very good. I ate way too much of it. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know that one. I, I when I did it, I was like, "Ooh, this would make a really great stuffing for like." A poblano or an enchilada or something like that, and it, 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 keep it vegetarian. I say pull the artichoke dip, <clears throat> pull the artichokes out. And you don't run even need the them. You can add jalapenos in their place or whatever Ooh, too. Yeah, but so, yeah, just like spinach and green chili dip, or you know, you you could go you meat talk with about it. stuffing it. Oh yeah, yeah, if you're gonna stuff it in something yeah. like a poblano, I want you to or, stuff a poblano because I love poblano yeah. peppers. That's like my thing. I want you I to could, stuff a poblano pepper with that filling. Yeah, and then. I would probably wrap it up, like you know, in bacon. I wouldn't do it like traditional where they fry it a little bit, keep it on the grill, and then make a cheese sauce to smother it in. That would be really good. That's happening. That's a really good dish right it there. It would be, yeah. It is. Cinco's coming up. De mayo. <laughs> <laughs> you also did a salty Samoa brownie. Yes. And that one hurt you. <laughs> that one's... If y'all are into desserts... And 
you're not fighting diabetes, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's one of them that'll get you there. Because it's a brown. It's just a standard brownie mix kicked up. I did use the Girl Scout cookies in it. And they went in the batter. And I made a topping. Because if you've ever had, like, one of my favorite Girl Scout cookies is the Samoas. It's the coconut. It's like caramel coconut chocolate cookie. Kind of like a wafer. Little round things, you know. And you can... They don't, they don't give you many of them in a box now. No, you get, you like, get six. like yeah. <laughs> You got to buy eight boxes of them to get your girl's crack, crack fix. Yeah. <laughs> but I chopped those up, mixed them in the brownie batter, and baked that. And then you got a good brownie right there. But then you toast some coconut, mix it with some salted caramel sauce. And this, all this stuff is like I bought it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I bought the caramel this is sauce. Super easy. Comes up, what brand? Do you remember what brand that Smuckers. was? Smuckers. With a name like Smuckers, it's got to be good. <laughs> it's <laughs> what the commercial says. It's the salted caramel <laughs> ice cream sauce topic. that they use for ice cream toppings. But yeah. it mixes with coconut well, and you put that on top of brownies, and you put you a little salt and a little chocolate sauce. Like Giardelli's. Is it the Giardelli's like little squeezy sauce? I think so, yeah. And man, it made a good brownie. And then you it topped was, it with a little flake salt, too. Yeah, a little salt over the top. So it was a salty Samoa brownie. They were, and those man. recipes are coming out this. Company. That was better than the thick girl brownies, and I thought those were good. <laughs> Who knows? It turns out I can make some pretty good brownies. <laughs> You'd probably catch me one making brownies if I was looking. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Do you like them? Yeah, I liked them. I'm not a big fan of yeah. coconut, but I, I still ate a piece of it. Yeah, and then I also did a drink too because it was now this one probably is this one going to come out? Is that drink going to come out before? St. Patrick's Day, the Green Wave. I called it the Green Wave. Yeah. It's like Jameson Irish whiskey, uh, pineapple juice, blue curacao, and Sprite. And it makes this green-looking Baja Blast-looking <laughs> drink. Yeah. It's perfect for St. Patrick's Day. But, man, it'll get you there, too. Michael came in and was like, ooh, I want one of those. Like, no. <laughs> no, that's leaded, son. Because <laughs> it looks like a Baja. <laughs> you still haven't seen that on TikTok? I need to look it up. You need to look that up. I've seen that one. You seen oh. it? But yeah, that was it. Well. And I got to do, so my next YouTube recipe will be filmed this coming week. And I'm probably going to do a tri-tip. You keep, I've been on a tri-tip fix. Uh, going between tri-tip. I haven't ordered it yet. Oh, that's bad. You've been, you've been. I got a tri tip in the freezer. Uh, Kevin sent me some, yeah. so I'm going to use the Wagyu tri tip. That that's one, the CT butt. You keep flipping back. It's going to be the tri tip. Okay. It's going to be the tri. That's what I'm. So what's the CT butt? Just real quick. Collar trim butt. Collar it's, trim uh, butt. Yeah. So it's basically they take a butt and they half it right in front of the blade bone, so you get the best of that butt, which is the money muscle on the front and all those delicious tubes behind it, and a little bit of fat cap, but not a whole lot. But it's boneless, so it's like a little pork roast that's all the good stuff. And as far as I know, KCBS made those legal this year to use in contest because people were trimming the butts down and, you know, destroying them anyway, not cooking whole big 08-pound, 10-pound butts anymore. So I guess they're trying to make it more economical. And I don't know if these things are going to be economical or not. I hadn't priced them, but I did get to try one. Mark you know, cooked yeah, one up Yeah, Mark there. cooked one at the shop, and, man, it was fantastic. What did he cook it on? He cooked it on that, <laughs> the Ranger pellet grill, the little <laughs> small briefcase-looking dude, suitcase. And I was you know, I was skeptical, but we wanted to cook one and try it. And you brought a slice back there of it. It was melting your mouth, just perfect texture. It was texture. very, was very like, good. Wow. And he said he cooked in, like, three hours. It wasn't long. Was oh, like, really? Man, I got two of those in the freezer, too. I'm going to play with them. I probably am going to cook. 
cook them and try to get, you know, I don't know, I don't know where that recipe's going. I got some ideas. I don't know if I, I probably need to be just uh, how would you cook this for a contest if I was going to do it. Yeah. Because I probably am going to cook some contests, and it's a good time to do a video on that. You might need to practice. It's going to be experimental. So do you get pulled pork out of this, or is it all going to be sliced meat in a box? No, you could be able to see. You'd be able to get some. It would be like, it depends. I would probably have to cook three of them for a contest. Yeah. I'd use one for my sliced money muscle, and the other two I'd break up. But you're getting some of the best meat on that butt to pull, and it gets nice and tender. It's got a lot of you know, internal fat in it, so it's juicy. And it's just really the best parts of a butt. It was, and really it should good. cook faster too. So the texture on it is texture was, was really fantastic. Yes, it was. That was my, that was what that was what impressed me the most. Now, I mean, the flavor is flavor. You know, it's what rub you put on it, smoke you use. But the texture of that meat was just silky smooth, melt in your mouth, not dry, not tough at all. Just a great bite. It was. Yeah, and that was just something Mark was playing around with. So I can't wait to you know. See what you can do. See what do. you can do with it. I mean, you could cook it and serve it almost like a fancy dinner in, in replace of like a prime rib. Yeah, because you could slice it. See, that was one thing I was going to do is cut some little steaks out of it and yeah. do it, you know, like a jerk recipe or something or, you know, barbed pork steak type deal with it. Yeah. And I had some different things I was going to try. But do, do you, he took that one up to 207, I think. Is that what he yeah. said? Yeah. Well, I'm the one that pulled it off the oh, pit. Okay. <laughs> so you took it to 207. <laughs> he didn't take it nowhere. Well, y'all were doing something. He was like, can you keep an eye on that for me? What were we doing? Podcast? Yeah. Buck Journey Podcast? Yeah. Yeah. You took it to 207. <laughs> but it was, it was good. It was not dry. It was yeah. not tough. I mean, it was, didn't fall apart. I didn't see him slice it, but. They pulled it out, and everybody's eating it for lunch right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Dang. When he was slicing it, I gotta it was get almost, out of here. I got to get out of here. <laughs> it was like crumbling a little bit. So when you guys so, said something about that pulled pork, like that made me think. Yeah. It. Was it a little? Was it? I didn't see it when he took it out. Was it was yeah. like knife was just falling straight through oh, yeah. it. It was. Oh. It was good. But I was impressed. Yeah, with I'm it. excited about cooking those. And that'd be a lot easier. To cook I, instead yeah, of making them, but I understand why they want to do them. People cooking on smaller cookers or drums. Yeah, and, I mean now Time, it's like so. Money. Mark's talked to some guys, and it's like, yeah, we're cooking this thing in an hour and a half for, you know, for a contest. A like, butt in yeah, an hour and a half yeah. for a contest. I mean, it's just like are they crazy. fireballing it or oh, they? Yeah, they're cooking okay. it hot and on a stick burner and yeah, yeah, putting it up in the. I mean, yes. it's getting down to where you can cook a KCBS contest and. Four hours. You don't have to be there. You know, show you up get, Saturday morning at eight o'clock. You could be done in time to turn in. I'm sure they get the butt and the meat they need to turn in and do well. Yeah, but it's not as good as a eight pound. I get. I give you that. I agree. Overnighter cook perfectly. Yeah, but it's different when you're cooking for a box. Yeah, you know, a it is. Box. It's completely different. I get that. But yeah, that's all I got on my list, Shell. What else? So what else do we got going on? We got the event. We got the, the events. The big anniversary one. coming up next Saturday, we got our March May the nineteenth. Yep. Um, we got our Memphis May packet in. Memphis May pack. I see that right there. We are R twenty five. I don't know about that. <laughs> I would just be putting that out there. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're not sure going to we be at Memphis May. <laughs> no. But yeah, no, we're excited about that. That's coming up. That's what, um, probably need to get a contest in for then or two. But well, you better get on that because that's right. Somebody's just a few weeks away. A few weeks away. That's crazy. Tyler, you got anything else? 
No, guys, just a quick reminder that the shop anniversary is coming up, and it's going to be more than just the demonstration. It's going to be fun for the whole family. There's going to be a little kid zone and lots of prizes for them to win, and they can shop at the store and get tickets, mm-hmm. giveaways. Oh, yeah, we've got big giveaways. Yeah, big giveaways. We've got an Arctic cooler. we got some How to Barbecue Right. Uh, There's apparel. a drum smoker that Towns and Spices has donated. Uh, Kevin uh, from the butcher shop in Pensacola is donating a gift certificate. and You can get whatever you want with that, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Really good time. And then as always, if you guys haven't downloaded Malcolm's favorite recipes, uh, it's all available on the How to Barbecue Right app, available on the Google Play Store and Apple Store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can get it there. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably where most people get it, ain't it? Yeah, I would, I would think so. It's all there. It's all there. It's all there. If it's not, let us know. We'll get it there. <laughs> And hang out with us in the community. You already said that, didn't you? I did not. <laughs> but, Shell. That's it. If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, you can do it on Facebook. Hold on. <laughs> Let me start that one over. <laughs> you want to start that one over? If you'd like to connect with you Malcolm. <laughs> if you'd like to connect with Malcolm, you can do that. How to BBQ, right? On Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, and of course, YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram and TikTok. All right. Well, hey, we appreciate y'all spending an hour with us this week, and we will be we're doing this podcast for spring break. Yes, we will be back next week, <laughs> right, right before the, the big anniversary celebration. So, we will see y'all next week and have a great weekend. We gone.